Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap, Fightful.com. It is November 21st, 2021. This is your WWE Survivor Series 2021 post-show review for Fightful. We got lots to talk about. You guys can subscribe to FightfulSelect.com if you want to support us, but you can also leave a thumbs up. You can uh, tap that bell for notifications. You can subscribe, and you can donate a Super Chat or a Humper Chat. I'll tell you more about that in a moment. Denise Salcedo is here, fresh off the plane from Mission Pro Wrestling. Denise, how you doing? Well, I actually have a correction for you, Sean. I am not off the plane, fresh off the plane from Houston, Texas, actually. In fact, I have some news for you. I am leaving Fightful. Oh, are you? I'm leaving Fightful. I just actually came off of a plane from Brooklyn, New York. Really? Yes. And also, I have some great news. What's that? I now... Oh, I am Jesus. super rich because I have the golden egg, the 100, well, over <sighs> 100 and million dollars. 100, 100 million, and? Yeah, 100, 100 million dollars. Hold on one second. Let me mm. see what the camera said. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen, the golden egg, and it is property of Denise Salcedo. I am now Denise, a millionaire, Sean. I will $100 give, million. Dollars. I will give you $100 of my money if you eat that egg raw right now. This is a cold egg, Sean. I don't care. It's also this a gold a egg. a cold egg. $100 of my money if you eat that egg on the air raw. No. Damn. No. Had you done steaks with me, had you done steaks with me, then maybe I would have done it. But this are, is not fair bet. Denise, Sean, I'm a millionaire now. Well, I don't got to be nice. Denise, are you saying that you wanted steak and eggs? <laughs> Sean, I feel bad for you. I know you think that's funny. Oh, but God. I'm a millionaire no, Denise again. <laughs> steaks and eggs. Oh, that joke was well done, right? Oh, my God. Guys, leave a thumbs up. Subscribe. 
Tap that bell for notifications. You can go to shop.fightful.com if you want some beautiful Fightful merch. We also have our magazine over at fightfulmag.com. Cover story on Darby Allen. It's got the return of Becky Lynch, a tribute to Daphne Unger from Taylor Hendricks. I interviewed Dominic Mysterio. We've got stuff on retro gaming, wrestling mega fans, and a lot more. Check it out, fightfulmag.com. But leave us a super chat. This will get your question or statement read on the air. Or you can head out to humperchats.com or humperchat.com and leave us a message there. It's the most direct way to support us uh, in the way of chats because we get to keep more of that cut. So head over to humperchats.com. Denise, uh, if we did stakes on this show, it would be almost more than any stakes applied to the show that we just saw. Well, uh, Sean, that was the whole per- that was the whole point of it. That's why I told you we should do stakes. And are you wearing Until- blue? Are you SmackDown blue? Yeah, I am. What a nerd! What a okay. nerd! Okay, cool. You're you're doing you're doing a bit. Good job, Denise. You're doing a bit. But the sad reality right now is an egg is the most stakes that this show had. An egg, which was a reference to a rock movie. On the night The Rock did not show up. Oh my gosh, Denise. Well, actually, the egg is technically the big thing that is supposed to get us to tune in tomorrow night to Monday Night Raw to find out what happened to said golden egg. That's actually the big trap. Like, on top of, you know, The Rock. I mean... I realistically, I wasn't expecting The Rock to show up. There was a part of me, like 0.01% of me that thought, well, what if? But realistically, a big chunk of me knew that wasn't going to happen. Oh, man. So let's talk about this golden egg. Vince McMahon shows up backstage and he's got the egg. And in my head, I was like, is that the egg from Red Notice? Which I I did watch it on Netflix. It's good, mindless fun. I like The Rock. I like uh, Ryan Reynolds. I like Gal Gadot. But um, I was like, is that really it? And they did some tie-in. Later on, they did tie-in with Pizza Hut. We'll talk about that. And they tout this stuff on the quarterly calls, Denise. Like, they bring up the zombies, and they bring up pure life and all that. And they'll... They'll have the balls to say, oh, well, when Patrick Mahomes scores a touchdown for the Kansas City Chiefs, he can't drive a pure life truck out there and spray down the audience. And I'm like, that's because people are showing up to watch Pat Mahomes. People are tuning in to watch Pat Mahomes. People are buying his jerseys. People are not either way. Later on, Vince McMahon is on his phone texting and the egg is there. Uh, he shows it to Roman Reigns, and he says it's worth $100 million. Roman goes, well, it's almost as much as my next contract. But later on, Denise, the the egg is gone. It's it's gone. So Vince is going to have all of the Raw and SmackDown stars on Raw tomorrow, and he's going to get to the bottom of this. Well, Sean, I'm sorry, but there's an egg there that's worth over $100 million. If no one tries to steal it, then i got to say everybody's dumb. You should try to steal that egg. Over $100 million, Sean. So anything worth $100 million, you should try to steal. Yeah. I don't know how you're planning on getting ahead of life, but I'm planning on taking, putting my hands on something that's worth $100 million. Pause. Um, it's just, I don't know what to, 
to make. Sean, we're talking about a golden egg in which Vince McMahon, who we hardly ever see on television, pops out of a limo out of nowhere, looking up at the heavens, and he looks down at everybody, and everybody's like in awe, like a freaking what's his name, Smeagol from like Lord of the Rings came in here with the, the with the ring. You know, you know when they when they look at the ring and they're like all in awe, and he's holding this gold thing, and for a second you can't really tell if it's an urn, and I kind of felt dumb. I was like, is that an egg? And I was like, Denise, you're so stupid. That's not an egg. Don't even say that it's an egg. And then I looked at it and I was like, shit, it really is an egg. Now, I didn't see the movie, Sean. You did. So for me, I legitimately had no idea where they were going with this egg. You know what I thought? I thought he was going to come out and announce that inside this egg was a bunch of money. And that was going to be some sort of reward for either the Battle Royal or for a brand. I thought they were going to do like a money in the bank type of thing, but with a golden egg. Well, it was also pointed out by many people. It was a little tone deaf to have like the roster there cheering Vince on right after, you know, they, they fired like a hundred of their friends and stuff. But. I didn't think of that, but a bunch of people did post like immediately on Twitter, basically saying that all of those cuts were made so that Vince McMahon can afford that $100 million egg. Well, I did see all of those jokes going around. He said it was a gift from The Rock to thank him for all he's done. Uh, Amir says it'll probably end with a comedy bit with the 24-7 title. Joseph says, is the egg what ends the brand split tomorrow? Um, I think we're probably closer to it than we've ever been with the rosters being as thin as they are. Sean, eggs, brand to split. You know, like eggs, Benedict, but eggs, brand to split. If you say it really fast. So we're going to go on a Leslie Nielsen hunt for the egg. For those of you who don't know, uh, watch SummerSlam 1994. Actually, don't. You'll be better off if you don't. <sighs> Oscar, or Oliver, rather, says, Is Hollywood Salcedo turning heel? Give the poor old man his egg back. And Volob says, $100 million egg. You know what? I'm rich now. I don't got to talk properly, all right? I got my freaking golden egg, man. Property of Denise Salcedo. Amir says egg and pizza. Nerd Guru says maybe someone sold that egg to make up for all those pesky budget cuts. They're in such dire straits. They need that help. Uh, Randy says one of the least eventful shows of the year. The only thing with consequence out of the night is that goddamn egg. That's the sad reality. The egg had the most consequences. And I think WWE's inability to make wins and losses matter, to add stakes, to add emotion, to add true story to so much of the show is what had the crowd just like, eh, we're here. Okay, so I'll just start saying this right off the bat, okay? I know we're kind of talking about the fact that this was a sort of weird show because we had a lot of repetitive repetitiveness. One of those being the, I think we saw four people essentially get eliminated due to countouts. We had literally everybody and their mother getting an entrance, which... All right. And, you know, it makes sense. You would think, okay, everybody's going to get an entrance, but I'm sorry, but it took forever. And so that kind of took away from the show and kind of killed a lot of people's energy. I started this show sitting up right in my couch. And by like the second, you know, the men's by the, the end of the, uh, the entrances, I was laying down. They killed my energy from well, that point on. Denise, you know what? If what? your energy has been killed, you can check out our friends at athleticgreens.com slash Fightful. Athletic Greens. I switched up from my normal multivitamin to Athletic Greens in the morning. I take it on an empty stomach. That way it absorbs a little bit better. And it's helped me out with digestion, energy, simplicity, all kinds of stuff. 
Uh, even with the energy drinks I've been drinking, I've been dragging throughout the day. So I wanted to switch things up. And I, I checked out Athletic Greens. Uh, Baron Black even, even mentioned it, uh, who I've got an interview with tomorrow. Uh, I love this stuff. It has helped me out. Like, like the way that I feel when I take this, it, it was important that I tried it before. And I did. And um, it, it made a huge difference over a typical multivitamin for me. AG1 by Athletic Greens is the category-leading superfood product, which brings comprehensive and convenient daily nutrition to everybody. Keeping up with the research, knowing what to do, taking a bunch of pills and capsules can be hard on the stomach and hard to keep up with. And I always like something that is all-encompassing. One scoop of AG1 contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more in one convenient daily serving. The special blend of high-quality bioavailable ingredients in one scoop fill that nutrition gap. And they're going to give you uh, a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit athleticgreens.com slash fightful that is athleticgreens.com slash fightful that is a great deal uh this has uh, changed a lot of things for me honestly i was having uh, some memory problems recently and i was like you know what i want to try out something with brain function as well because uh lord knows that hanging out with denise at least once a week is deteriorating uh my brain function and athleticgreens.com slash fightful Gets me there. Athleticgreens.com slash Fightful. I am so happy you're taking these because, Sean, I was tired of hearing your same exact stories once. Muted. Harry says Vince saying people who work with him are potential thieves right after those releases and making a big part of the roster applaud him. Bad taste. And X-Man says the egg has been released due to budget cuts. Maybe that was in bad taste. Uh, Brian Murphy says the egg didn't get stolen. It got released. WWE wishes it the best in its future endeavors. Uh, we get it. There's a lot of money and egg and release jokes here. We got them out of the way, guys. We're good. We're good. Christian Knight says, I feel like the egg is going to have a miniature gobbledygooker inside, and that's why it's worth so much, kind of like Minimi from Austin Powers. I don't think it's quite big enough, Denise. Well, I just didn't get to finish my point from earlier. And what I wanted to say, actually, this is not, not a bit, Sean. I literally want to say that even though the show was weird, we did get a lot of good wrestling on the show. And I know that the biggest conversation tonight is going to be the egg. But I do want to put over that there were a lot of really good wrestling moments in the show. The sad reality is the crowd didn't care through most of it. Can you blame them though? Because Sean, okay, if well, during all of these long entrances and these long video packages, I don't know about you, but I get up, I leave, I do something else around the house. Think about the people that are there, just sitting there, kind of just waiting for the next thing to happen. Cyclops says Tony D stole the egg, and it's on its way to Italy. Ashe uh, says, or Ash says, um, the pay per view was very. Unexciting. Three out of five eggs. Guessing we will see it debut in AEW soon. No. Here's the thing, though, and I don't know how people are going to feel about this, but I kind of thought that Survivor Series was going to be, I don't want to say worse, but I, I actually thought that Survivor Series was a little bit better than what I was originally expecting it to be realistically. 
I thought today's show was just a little bit better. Had they cut down all of those video packages and long entrances and the show wasn't as long, I thought they could have had a somewhat decent show. And obviously had they tweaked some things around in the actual storytelling. We've got uh, Kate saying the biggest conversation is going to be the egg. It will. Christopher Hart says, why wasn't the opener main event switch if The Rock wasn't showing up? Feel like Beck and Charlotte had more juice to it. So I had posted a rundown today like, a bunch of people backstage got the rundown in reverse and they were very confused. They were like, oh, well, this makes sense. The Rock isn't showing up here. Becky and Charlotte are main eventing. Then when the corrected one came in, it's like Biggie and Roman are headlining. So there were some people that were like, is he, is he here? No, Denise, he was not here. He was not here. He did not show up. I got to blame you on this one, Sean, because when I saw that you tweeted that. Muted. Daniel R says, do TV work networks notice or just the bottom line? <laughs> Sean, you need I you need to learn to take criticism. Damn, you posted why? that tweet and you're part of the reason why 0.01% of me thought, you know what? Maybe there's hope. I blame what, in, you. You, in the rock? you got you got the people excited thinking there was for a what? chance that the rock was going to show up. So I'm sorry, I blame you. For Wait that. a second. Yes, because I... when you tweeted that, when you said Wait, like, whoa, 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 when I tweeted what? When you were talking about the fact that they uh that the opening match and the main event had essentially been swapped. The whole and thing you, got swapped. Yeah, the whole exactly. thing got switched. That to me, if you read in between the lines, you gave off the tone that maybe something was gonna go down, Sean. So <laughs> you I'm thought sorry muted you thought that within the last few hours before the show no, Dwayne called no, him up and no, was like no correct <laughs> you thought that no, that's not it actually Sean hours? that's not it you're twisting the story you you're made it seem story. you made it seem like they were reworking things no so you I did gave not me, you gave me a little tiny glimmer of hope is all I'm saying I think no. you don't realize that well, that's that's I mean, if you think that the rock is something they rework, Sean, I don't know what to tell Sean, you, Denise. Sean, Sean. Muted. That is that is no critical thinking being employed there, Denise. I'm sorry. If you think the rock, the rock is a thing that they just land on in the last few minutes. Oh boy. Sean, I don't know how to tell you this, but I don't know The Rock as The Rock. I know him as Dwayne because we are Hollywood buddies do. out here. We go to brunch, okay? We do. All right. Oz says, Can you explain the egg thing? I've canceled my WWE Network sub. We did earlier on the show. Uh, you might want to rewind, uh, but we did explain it a little bit earlier. Um, J Blood says, Bizarre show, but Vince being totally detached and texting, totally losing the plot is a great retcon. What does it say that? Vince during his Survivor Series show was backstage like what he can't text I don't get it what's the problem here he's backstage in a room just texting the whole time you're telling me that like bosses don't text I see you text all the time I never see you without your My phone gosh Denise insufferable Orlando Orego says SRS getting his tweet misread I didn't expect The Rock until Vince showed up. Sorry, not on your side, Denise. Probable Cause says, so we're looking forward to the SmackDown storyline of how everyone lost, but Roman, that's what I'm calling right now, buried the roster for him. So we had a super chat up here, Denise. Let me find it. Do networks, TV networks notice or just the bottom line? I ran a story over the past couple of months about 
WWE's relationship with Fox and USA. I don't think that Fox would care that much about wins and losses, but they care about their stars looking big and they care about viewership, obviously. Well, why wouldn't they? I mean, it makes perfect sense. You're paying for this product. You clearly want the very best to be on there and you want the people to care about it because at the end of the day, that is people's interest is what's going to affect ratings and not affect ratings. So I don't, I feel like that just seems logical, common sense. Hey, you should care that the people care about what's going on on the television screen of what you're paying for. Man, most of these super chats are like things happened. Uh, Bezo Bank says, I was at Survivor Series Live and it was weird, especially from the crowd. We were hyped for Becky Charlotte and men's Survivor Series, but after that, everyone was waiting for The Rock. And when he didn't show up, we were just pissed. And uh, yeah, man. Man, uh, Sensei Tiswald says, Hollywood Salcedo forever, uh, long-term heel storytelling. Man. Denise, okay, what? When I address that, you're here. No, because every time I talk, you shut me up, Sean. Can you just pick a new co-host already? You're twi- you're, when you talk, you whine about me instead of the show. You're I'm not sorry, what? You complain I about to- me, not the show. I actually, I said one thing about you. I literally was talking about the fact Cyclops is better than Wolverine is entitled to their own opinion. I don't get mad when people give their opinions on here. Sean, I'm okay with hearing criticism and other Denise worked herself into a shoot and blames SRS. What oh, I no. wanted to talk about. Shauna Walensky says, wow, all the power SRS has in Denise's mind is appointment viewing. And the egg thing is pointless. I hope you mean Denise's egg. See, Denise gets this $100 million egg, $100 and million egg, and then she just starts acting up on the air. We haven't even started reviewing the show. Well, then start guiding me to review the show. If you say, Denise, what did you think about this? I will tell you what I thought about it, Sean. But then you start telling me, what do you think about Muted. Shinsuke Nakamura took on Damian Priest. This is one of the matches that SmackDown won. Probable Cause says, for those things Nakamura didn't lose, read about Woods a couple years back. If it happened on the pre-show, it doesn't count according to WWE. Well, he didn't win either, Denise. He just, it was a DQ. I did not see why Nakamura needed to be protected. He's been beaten like four times in the last month. Damian Priest, they tried to lie to us and say he was undefeated. He did get pinned with the Miz's pants around his ankles. Like, we saw that. But in singles matches, Damian Priest has been protected. And to me, that's not an accident with the way WWE books. It cannot be an accident that Priest has not lost. But then they protected him with that DQ with the guitar. I didn't get this. Well, this definitely did not. Well, first of all, I do have a question for you because was this always the match that was intended to be on the pre-show or did I miss something here? Because I, I missed the last two episodes of SmackDown due to work. But in terms of like what I always thought that for some reason it was supposed to be the Battle Royal that was going to be part of that pre-show. Was it always supposed to be Damian Priest, Shinsuke Nakamura? I think as of Thursday, they had decided this was going to be a match. And I heard that the 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 reversed order thing was kind of locked in so it was supposed to be in the pre-show throughout all that by yesterday i think so oh man 
Okay, so here's like my thing on this. So we talk about Shinsuke Nakamura and unfortunately, and I've said this on, you know, my SmackDown post show reviews and all of those other stuff is that as much as I like Shinsuke Nakamura, as much as I respect him for everything that, you know, he's done and, you know, he's a legend and all of that good stuff. I just feel that everything that he has done, especially as of late in WWE or what they've had him do essentially to me has sort of kept knocking him down several levels to the point where I no longer can sort of, you know, I don't want to say take him seriously because obviously I do, but it's more so when you keep telling us that a person doesn't necessarily matter and you slot them on the roster and then you kind of don't really do much with them. Yeah, he gets the title, but then you just have him coming out, essentially having a million matches. I don't know how many minutes matches did he have with Baron Corbin? And then you do all of these moments where he just was on SummerSlam. He just came out. He had the dancing segment with the guitar, Pat McAfee, and like that was literally it. So what you're telling me here is that I should Rest necessarily take Shinsuke Nakamura all of that serious and that's I feel the story that they've been telling here now on Damian Priest's side they did this character change on him they changed his music and all of that good stuff and then we kind of didn't necessarily see him for a while like I do not even recall us really talking about him all that much in the last like what week or two on the Raw post show so for me Heading into this, I thought it was going to be very clear and obvious that Damian Priest should have gotten the win in this match. But I, when they did the DQ, I kind of thought that it was a little bit annoying. I did think that when um, when uh, Damian Priest had him in the go-go plata, I did think that that like should that. have been the finish right there. Had they just ended it right there, I think it would have been a perfectly good match because it was a good match. And here's the thing, too, with Damian Priest is that I kind of feel like right now they're making too many changes with Damian Priest. This match was good when you were seeing shades of the Damian Priest that you like. And by that, I mean you see his strikes. You see the power and the speed in which he brings into the matches. But the first portion of this match, they had him wrestle like every single, you know, typical big WWE guy where they did they kind of didn't really show let him show that much of who Damian Priest is once we did get to see those shades of Damian Priest that's when this match really picked up and that's when I thought the submission should have been the finish to this match there was no reason this should have been a DQ and unfortunately this set the tone for what we would yes. be seeing later on in the night it, it made me think just like uh here we go Jason says Nakamura's icy rain is like Oscar's raw rain. I don't know. I'd say even more underwhelming than that because, like, in the middle of it, they took his crown too. They did a King of the Ring thing. Like he lost, he lost a lot of stuff. And Damian Priest, his run in comparison, like he's been so strong. And Orlando says, "I laugh when Damian Priest gets DQ'd to affect his win loss record." I mean, I don't even like they they treat DQ matches like it just didn't even happen. Like like they don't exist. And I was just like, oh, and then by like the third match of the night, Denise, I was like, count out, count out, count out, DQ, holding the ropes. It was exhausting already. Jamal yeah, says, unfortunately. Jamal says, is it possible Damian Priest will eventually beat Roman Reigns, winning the Royal Rumble and challenging him at WrestleMania? I'd be shocked. I mean, I like I like Damian Priest a lot, but I'd, I'd be surprised. I think they're right now, as things stand, I don't know who's going to beat the Ra or, or Roman Reigns. I don't see anybody beating him for a long time. Eric Cool says, since the brand split in 2016, SmackDown's never won a Survivor Series. Is there a point for the brand warfare if SmackDown always loses? Well, they didn't really lean into brand supremacy this time. They were just like, here's some people from one show. Here's some people from another show. They're going to fight. 
did they even, and maybe this was me tuning out commentary, but did they even really push like who was winning? Like in terms of like the matches no. throughout the night, because I feel like that should have been hammered over my head. I think that I should have heard like multiple times, hey, you know, SmackDown or Raw or whatever at some point is leading here. And oh my God, did they even count the pre show match as like a win for nah, They never do. They never do. They do. Not? I feel oh, like they, they do, though. Do. I, uh, the I know Kayla mentioned it in the pre show. She did mention. That SmackDown was one and Raw well, was zero. The night that they had that counter a few years ago, the one that that person referred to in the Super Chat, where New Day won the pre-show match, they didn't even count it. So, I mean, who knows? And they change everything so often. Spine on the Pine says, I was so excited for The Rock to show up, and when he didn't, I felt so scrambled. I didn't know if anyone could get over that easy. Mostly the whole thing <laughs> ended up feeling like a yoke. <laughs> All right, fine. That was a good one. It was a good one. Yeah. Uh, Volob says Survivor Series 2021, a show that happened. And yeah, it happened. It's in the books and already out of sight. Uh, Renovar says, I skipped the pay-per-view in favor of this post-show. At least I know SRS and Denise will entertain me. Well, WWE only provides disappointment and regret. Oh, no. Oh, no. And Air Cool had said, will SmackDown always be the B show? Uh, no, I think that quite honestly, they consider it the A show. Uh, they've got Brock and Roman Reigns on there and it's on Fox and it does more viewers. I think given the second, I've said this a million times, but the second that show went to Fox, it became the A show. But but Raw has a lot of great talent and things have changed, I feel, since that since that draft. Luke is still up and he says it's all about the egg. What time great. is it over there? It's like 5 a.m. there. Go to sleep, Luke. <laughs> Go to sleep. I Go to sleep, wake up and then have some eggs. Orlando said, when someone posted what was the egg, uh, I thought the ra the rock was coming, then he didn't. Now we're getting egg hunting segments for Raw tomorrow. Oh, boy. I love me some Sova says, I guess the term Big Four is now a myth because this pay-per-view did not feel like it. It had its moments, but this pay-per-view overall for me was very meh. I mean, Denise, quite frankly, Money in the Bank is has replaced Survivor Series. I think by the end of next year, especially because they already announced that that show is going to be at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. I think by the end of the next year, we just all need to get on the same page and really acknowledge that that is now part of the big four pay-per-views because it, it's not Survivor Series anymore. They really better condition fans that is not tune out September, October, November, December, and half of January then. Because we're talking like four and a half months that they're just conditioning people that's because like SummerSlam and that's it. That's after that. And then you've got Summer, to the Royal yeah. Rumble. The, I mean, there's no WWE pay-per-view until January now. Day one, right? Yeah, yeah day, one. day one. Which I like that they're doing Saturdays too. I, I, I'm a big fan of that. Um, guys, get in your super chats. Get in your Humper Chats at HumperChat.com. Jason says, Boog's playing the guitar during the match made it even more meaningless than the usual pre-show match and makes both titles mean even less. Like, it's... I'm so over the distraction, the, the guitar distraction. I'm over that too. I've been over it for a while. I think they overplayed it. Uh, it's one of those things where like it was funny the first time and seeing Pat McAfee get on the table and dance, that was funny the first time. But when you've seen it like 10 times, you're like, all right, that's cool. I got it. I'm out. Like that's the parts. That's the parts of the show where I'll stop paying attention to go send a tweet or something. Bob says day one is H. I don't know what you mean. Alicia Ellis says, can we get a poll of who did and didn't watch the pay-per-view? Because I sure didn't. Uh, I just posted one in the chat just now. But let's talk about what I consider the high point of this show. Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair with that chemistry that they have. 
These two women work together so freaking well. It's like that combination of effortless athleticism and just gritty violence. And of course, there's going to be some spots that are, are, are a little rough that miss or a little sloppy. Fights are sometimes sloppy. Fights are sometimes rough. They work together so well, and I believe it when they do it. After the match, which Becky Lynch won by holding the ropes, she was very emotional about how far she and Charlotte Flair had could had come, and she uh, did an interview with uh, WWE Digital. Oh, my gosh. I could watch these two wrestle nonstop. They, they along with Becky and Sasha Banks at Brooklyn, probably my favorite women's matches in WWE history uh, was Evolution, Last Woman Standing. This was such a rad match. Becky's style has adjusted just a little bit since she come since she's come back, and Charlotte is always evolving. Uh, but I, I just thought they were incredible together. All right, so here's the thing that I need to hammer home here because I feel like right now we've been sort of mentioned. I feel that this match is being overlooked by a freaking egg, and that pisses me off because this match was incredible. I'm sorry, but if you were those people that decided to skip out on Survivor Series and you're like, oh, I'm just going to listen to the review, I will urge you to go watch this match. Like, uh, I'm not going to urge you to watch any other match on this show other than this one because I loved everything that they did in this match like I literally just like wrote down like so much that I loved but I'm gonna kind of hit some of the pieces that I really feel I need to talk about here and I was gonna tweet this out but I know that things don't always read route read well when you write them in text so I'm gonna say it on here you know Charlotte Flair she gets a lot of heat a lot of people don't like Charlotte we've already established that and we I, you know we see it all across social media and all of that now I've been like on here all the time, always putting over Charlotte, et cetera, et cetera, right? But I really feel that this match, and this is obviously speaking for both women, but I'm going to hit Charlotte a little bit harder here because of the heat and hate that she constantly gets. This match is literally proof, one of the dozens of examples of why women like Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch are both in the spot that they are in. I know that people don't like Charlotte because of the way that she's booked, and I get that, but I sometimes feel that sometimes people try to ignore the fact that she is incredibly talented. And I'm sorry, but you started off, like you saw this match, okay? And you have, uh, both of these women are technically both heels right now, but in the ring, you have a lot of a, a bigger, stronger heel in Charlotte Flair. And you have, you know, at the end of the day, people love Becky Lynch and she's more of a fan favorite in comparison to Charlotte Flair. So you had this match at the beginning. You had people essentially, you know, booing Charlotte really behind Becky Lynch. And as this match furthered along, you started to see a shift. You started to see the crowd split a little bit where it was 50-50. They were cheering for Charlotte. Some were cheering for Becky Lynch, et cetera, et cetera. And at this, like further on in the match, you started to hear like, this is awesome chance and all of that good stuff. And that was because they told a really good match here. They started off hot. This is a feud where they're not going to start in any rest holds. We didn't see any rest holds at all during this match. It was literally pure aggression. Uh, they were, uh, they did so many little stuff. Some of my favorite parts was when Charlotte was going to go for a moonsault right at the top of this. And Becky just comes from behind her and literally just shoves her. And you see Charlotte Flair like, fly and the camera angle made it look a lot more grander and then there was a couple of uh, there was uh when charlotte flair did the uh let me get sorry i had this down oh yeah when she did the double moonsault spot i love that uh, i love when she did that and then there was also a moment 
where Charlotte went for the pin on Becky Lynch. And it was the little things in this match that really got over for me on top of the all of the aggression from them. But it was more so, if you notice, Sean, when Charlotte would go for the pin on Becky Lynch, instead of like waiting one, two, okay, kick out, what you saw was Becky Lynch kind of getting like, get off of me, like, get off of me. It was more realistic like you mentioned, like it's more realistic, I think, in a fight to kind of react that way when somebody is trying to uh, pin you down. And when they went for the uh, figure four leg lock and they started slapping each other, we saw Charlotte counter that. I love that. And I saw a lot of people that did not like the finish. I love the finish. I'm sorry. But to me, I thought the finish was symbolic because they both were showing that they were willing to play dirty. They both did the exact same thing. It's just that one got caught and one did it. And to me, there was a lot of poetry in that. And I hate that. The fact that because WWE has sort of ruined these types of finishes that when they make sense to a story, uh, people kind of shit on it, even though I personally think that in this story, what they told was a good match. So I'm sorry. I loved everything that they did on here. So I think that the, I, I didn't mind the finish. What I minded was the finish right after the DQ that we saw before and sandwiched between right, right before we were about to see three count outs in one match. Knowing what we know now, I think this should have main evented. Roman Reigns and Big E could have went on first. Everybody kind of would have known, Rock ain't here. They ain't bringing it here. They could have had a clean finish, follow the DQ, or get this, Damian Priest just could have won. That could have that could have worked too. But <laughs> it I, been I, so simple. Yeah, because considering how Becky Lynch and Charlotte have played off one another, by the way, guys, the, the title being thrown around thing, that was that was legit. It was not a work, but they are smart enough to turn it into a work. They are very smart about that. Um, but I think that a clean finish in the opening match, which should have been Big E and Roman Reigns, could have really helped adjust that. And again, not having a DQ in the early one. Cyclops says, still would have preferred Bianca versus Sasha instead. I mean, I would have loved either one of them, to be honest with you. Orlando says, Charlotte versus Becky was the best thing tonight. Very odd and weird booking for the rest of the pay-per-view. Oh, to me, it was like this downhill until like the the, the finishing sequences of Big E Roman, which I really enjoyed because they're very good. R26 says, glad Becky Charlotte went first. Give me a chance to watch the Steelers blow it against the Chargers. <laughs> and so the main event, I didn't know where he was going with that. I was like, I I'm interested to see where this goes. And you know what? I also watched the Steelers blow it. Nerd Guru says, talk about Becky and Charlotte and that's all. The show was abysmal. Watch the opener and Becky's backstage interview. Real stuff, man. Shit show, though. I, I don't like. I don't think the wrestling was bad, Denise. I just think that a lot of people just didn't care. That was a big problem. And here's the thing, and this is what kind of bums me out. It was literally little things, Sean. We just mentioned them right now. Just give Damien Priest a win. Go into this match. The people might have appreciated the finish for the women's match a little bit more. Don't do one zillion uh, count outs. Um, I'm sorry. There was just little tiny things had they been tweaked. Had they been eliminated, like take a double, you know, look at the what you have planned for the night and maybe, you know, really the right hand telling the left hand, making sure that people communicate and know what's going on in these matches so that you don't see all of this repetition. Had there been a couple of tweaks in this show, I think this could have made a show where not you wouldn't get people like shitting on the show because there were some good stuff in this show. Yes. Um, WDB's got to make people care about stuff. That That's what this all boils down to. 
make things matter as much as they can. When the prizes matter, everything below it matters. The prizes and the concept of winning and losing has to matter or else why are we watching this? And people will say, for the stories. Well, the stories almost always tie into who wins this thing, who loses this thing. In the very, very end, it is a bunch of people positioning to win or lose something, and then there are, are real emotional issues that come from them. Volob says, day one-ish. Okay, now I get it. That's what they should call uh, the WWE pay-per-view. For a WWE second, I was like, have I been calling the pay-per-view the wrong name? No. <laughs> I thought I had been calling it the wrong name. I was like, what? I was pretty sure it was day one. <laughs> Jambeard says, didn't hate the ending, but I heard a real good match between Chaz and Becky. Luis says, haven't watched WWE in two years, but never miss a Fightful post-show. You guys are great. Hey, I appreciate you. We're, we're so glad. And James Boris says, after Reg's rant on Grapsity yesterday, I couldn't bring myself to watch this comp- anything this company does. Brother Reg was right. Man, he is on fire on that show. Check out Grapsity every Saturday at noon. Overall said, I've hosted a Friendsgiving for almost 10 years now. And up until last year, we used to be excited to end the night watching Survivor Series. The non-finishes killed the mood. Full gear reruns are now the new norm. Damn. Damn. Well, then we got Men's Survivor Series. Kevin Owens immediately walks out because he does not give a damn. And why would he? They telegraphed that in the pre-show as well. When he said that he was going to essentially prove to his teammates that he was somebody to be trusted and all of that you knew that it was something fishy was going to happen there so the second you saw him walking out you knew he was going to get counted out so that's number one first count out of the night and then we get two more denise right there so we are three matches into a show and we get a dq a cheat finish which all right of its own it would be all right but then we get bobby lashley and drew mcintyre both getting counted out as well um King Woods had been put out by technical submission, the full Nelson, and Happy Corbin gotten pinned. But, I mean, we're talking like five people pinned, counted out, DQ'd in the first three matches. Like, you would look at that and go, how, how is it statistically even possible? But they did it. So, with the countouts here, so had they done the Drew Bobby Lashley countout and, or whoever, let's just say they would have just done the Kevin Owens countout, I would have been like, all right, fine, whatever. It wasn't my favorite thing, but okay, that's the story that they're telling. Fine. Uh, personally, if they would have just done the Drew McIntyre Bobby Lashley countout, I would have actually preferred that one a little bit more. But had they just done that one, I think it would have been okay. I, I get that they were, you know, trying to protect both guys. That's cool in all, mm-hmm. and that would have been fine. But you essentially had two countouts in the first men's match, and then later on, we're going to talk about the one that occurred in the women. So, and I wasn't expecting another one to happen later on in the women's match because I was already kind of complaining about the fact that we had three in this men's match so for me it was one of those things where had they chosen one or the other it would have been perfectly fine I wouldn't have been here complaining about it to be honest had they chosen one or the other and you talk about wins and losses and and people caring and you know WWE essentially telling the people to care there was this moment during this match where you had Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley have this stare down and we all know the history that both of these guys have essentially shared and the second they touch hands and they start going at each other 
there was no reaction from the crowd. And I thought, oh my God, they like literally tried building this moment up in this match and there was no pop, no reaction. And the reason for that is because they really, really shoved down Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre down our throats prior to this that the people kind of didn't, they weren't clamoring for this moment necessarily. It was supposed to be a cool moment that the people weren't necessarily completely all here for. This match went 30 minutes. It was the longest match of the show. Um, you, I think it went a little long, but Jeff Hardy, it was super over. Like at, very clearly at some point over the next year, they're going to be doing a Roman Reigns, Jeff Hardy story where Jeff Hardy will not stand a chance, but the crowd's going to be there for him. You got to use him in that sense. Um, Austin Theory got a little bit of shine by eliminating uh, Sheamus, and he went pretty far into this. But other than that, I think, let's see, Balor got an elimination, Lashley did, Sheamus, Theory, Hardy, Rollins. Nobody got more than one elimination. Count Out got more eliminations than anybody. Here's my thing. I can't believe that. What's up with Finn Balor? Poor guy can't catch a break, man. I couldn't buy the way that he got eliminated. And then having having Austin Theory essentially outlast uh, Finn Balor, who was just competing for the championship against Roman Reigns, this wasn't believable to me. And then the whole thing with, uh, with... with Sheamus and Jeff Hardy, where all of a sudden they're they're besties for a second. And I'm thinking to myself, do you not recall Sheamus framed you, drunk driving, all of that whole nonsense that oh, yeah. went down? And they were I, throwing piss in each other's face yeah, last year. Exactly. So when a Sheamus then attacked Jeff Hardy, I was like, all right, fine. They never really explained that. But then I'm kind of thinking like, all right, we're not going to circle back to this, are we? And what, what a lot of this match showed me, Denise, is – why should I care if the characters don't care? Why should I care about who wins if they don't care? They can't Perfect. care enough yeah. to, to even stay in the match. They can't care enough to not beat up their teammates. They can't care enough to stay in the damn ring and not get counted. Like, they, they didn't care. The thing I took most from this is people love Jeff Hardy. They really, really love Jeff Hardy. They thought he was going to pull it off. He has become, like, that ultimate underdog again. Like, in age in that he's gotten older and people love him and respect him. And I think there's a fun run in him. I know he ain't beating Roman Reigns, but this was, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. It was the right call to have Seth Rollins win Mm -hmm. here. And I had somebody write to me that he didn't think that it was. And that was one of the things that I did want to bring up on the show because somebody brought up that it didn't make sense for Seth Rollins to win, given that he already is the number one contender. And I thought to myself, what the fridge? I'm sorry, but this <laughs> is what you're thinking now. This is what WWE has done to a lot of their audience is that they've conditioned them to, to, to say, okay, wins and losses don't matter because he already has this contendership. And I'm thinking instead of making that person stronger, who's going to be going after the bout, you, I know that people wanted Jeff Hardy to win, but in terms of the story and in terms who needed this win and should have rightfully gotten this win for the sake of the story and for the sake of where this is all going, it should have been. And Seth Rollins. And that was one of the things that I did want to address on the show. As much as we all left Jeff Hardy and all of that good stuff, Seth Rollins was the right guy to win this match. And I think he should have pinned Sheamus too. I think he should have gotten multiple wins. Like it's it's been a while since he got that number one contendership. It's been almost a month. So a lot of people forget that it's even there, but they still got that match to do. 
Uh, we've got some super chats and humper chats. Reminder, go to humperchats.com. If you're watching this show or if you don't even watch live, you can go to humperchats.com and leave a, a chat there for the next time we are on the air. Uh, we've got Shauna Bolinsky says, give me an episode of Sour Grapsity with Alex and Reg. This is all I want for Christmas. They can do anything behind the paywall they want. I don't care. But right after this, Alex will be going live with Kate with a special episode of Sour Graps talking about the egg and not the rock. So subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. We also did a release special as well. I Am Lucha says, uh, not sure who overall is the fr- Friendsgiving chat with me. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, uh, Luis is going to have to clear that up for me. Uh, Eloquent says, uh, BK crowd was quiet af as uh, for most of the night. Amazing. Yeah, they were. They really, really were. Uh, Kurt Luttrell says, I do think it's a bit tone deaf considering the people that lost their jobs right before the egg uh, got more pay-per-view time than they did. Uh, yeah, that was tone deaf, I think. I definitely think. Uh, Terry Allen Jr. says, did you both see Becky's interview from tonight? Did you? No, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I just watched the show and that was literally it. She had me. I showed up to the pre-show. They were, um, sorry, I've got asthma right now. Losing, losing my breath a little bit, but uh, Becky was almost, uh, she was in tears over this. Um, yeah. Okay, she I'm going to need to tears. see that. I'm going to definitely need to see that. Joseph Correa says, KO's count out made sense. Sasha's was so dumb. Oh boy, will we get to that. Uh, Kurt Luttrell says, Happy Corbin took it to keep that bank account fat. His uh, deep six on Finn Balor looked really, really great as well. Cyclops says, I know who can coexist with anyone. Ray can. He would have been a much better teammate, but uh, Austin Theory didn't do bad in kayfabe for this team. Uh, Jam Beard says, I'd be down for Roman Roman versus Hardy TLC at the day one show. That sounds good. They need. I think they should get Hardy some wins. I, I kind of need to look at how the hell he's been doing. Not like that matters to them. Not he like it. Oh, he, he beat Madcap Moss. He beat Sami Zayn. He's won a couple <laughs> times on SmackDown. There you go. That's all you need, Denise. A win over Madcap Moss. There you Bro, go. Please. There you go. Now we're just reaching. This is sad. Um, uh, Michelle Haskins says, didn't watch uh, Survivor Series, but the egg was the winner of the night. It had better booking than the wrestlers on the show. Damn. Oh, well, he built up the egg and then they gave it a whole story. I mean, and now we even have a follow up to the egg, you know? So the person that sent in the super chat that said, not sure who overall is, is that Frank uh, friends giving super chat uh, from me. Uh, that was because the name on the chat was listed as overall on our back end. Whoops. Huh? Sorry. It was under the overall category. And I thought it was somebody's name and read it as overall sent in a humper chat that says, so there you go. Apologies to that person. Justin Lopez says, I've been going to WWF e-shows for almost 30 years here in New York. That by far was the most tamest, most relaxed crowd I've ever been a part of. They seemed sedated. What do you think the... Oh, never mind. That was a dumb question. I'm not even going to ask it. Well, Sean, we didn't, even, we, didn't even, we didn't even talk about the uh, pre-show stuff. Are we, are we not talking about it? What uh, what other pre-show stuff was there? The oh. the the crowds chanting, you know what? Oh, chanting right, like AEW and CM Punk, yeah. Right at the second that the show started, like that was the first thing you saw, and I thought they were muting the crowd. 
they piped in some stuff. That happened. Uh, Matt James had just got home from Barclays, and it's sad when the crowd was more interested in doing the waves and the matches that were given. There was no reason to care. There were no stakes. There was nothing at... at I didn't see them do the wave. They did the wave. Oh, no. Is there a yeah. beach ball? That's all you need next is the oh. beach ball. Matt Reichel says it was a very tame Brooklyn crowd, and he was there. And it's a Damn. New York crowd. You're expecting, like, if the show was going to suck, they were going to tell you. Yeah. Volob says day one is H is a fashion files joke. It's been so long since I've seen fashion files. I missed that show. Yeah, that was Alicia. Fun. Alicia says, when was the last time something in WWE mattered as much as a storyline like Kenny or Hangman or even a shorter timeline like Darby and MJF? Well, I'm not going to fault them for not having something that matters as much as Hangman and, and Omega because that's one of the longest-term, well-built storylines that I've seen in my entire life. So it's okay that they don't have anything that's as well as that, but I, I don't know. Maybe the start of Roman Reigns' heel turn was was getting there. The the Jimmy Uso Roman Reigns stuff was really good. People were really into that. I remember that. People were really yeah. into that. That was that was something. Um I mean, I you know, everybody like there was a lot of people that are obviously interested in you know the Brock and Roman stuff, but that's not anything yeah. new, so you can't even say that too much. Uh I mean, they did a lot of stuff with Roman, but I wouldn't say to that degree though. Like there's been a lot of good stuff just not to the degree of like OMG between like Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. James says, given New York is a big wrestling city, do you think New York fans were quiet because the last show in town was Grand Slam and fans are now expecting more? I went to Grand Slam, but I couldn't care about Survivor Series. I don't think so either, Denise. I think it's the product in which WWE has put forth and the stakes and people are there. They bought their tickets, most of them probably a long time ago, before they knew how bad this build was. Look, as a person that the last big WWE show that I went to was SummerSlam, and Sean, you were there, so you can speak to this too. Um, the people there want to watch a good show. They're there. They're ready to pop. They're ready to mark out. They're ready for good content. But when you're not giving it to the people, they're there. Like, is there was a moment of, when the when the main event finally picked up? Uh, we saw the people in New York essentially get pretty crazy during that moment. And there was like a high peak and then it kind of went back down again. But when they really gave the people something to be excited about, they did react to it, but there wasn't necessarily like they weren't reacting to like any little mediocre thing, essentially. Orlando says the crowd did the wave and chanted AEW and CM Punk during the women's elimination match. Bianca and Sasha got the crowd back when they got in. We are going to talk about that soon because I don't think there's a lot to talk about. In the meantime, uh, they did a major Pizza Hut product placement. And um, Denise, that DiGiorno you were making the other day looked a lot better than any Pizza Hut that I have had recently. Um, and that is not an insult to your DiGiorno at all. It's just... On the tier list, Pizza Hut is near the bottom. Unless you got a brand spanking new Pizza Hut that's got a brand new oven. Otherwise, ugh. Sorry, ugh. Sean. I can't agree. I like Pizza Hut. Oh, Denise. I don't know what's going on in Kentucky, but Pizza Hut, all right, where I live. Uh, I like Pizza yeah. Hut. So I, I was eyeing that pizza in the boxes. I was like, what'd they get? What'd they get? What the toppings? They got pepperoni and cheese, and, and they didn't really... They didn't look like they got too creative with the toppings, though. Highlight of this was Montez Ford frisbeeing pizzas, which I, I must admit, there used to be a little dog that lived next door, and he didn't get fed. And uh, I used to frisbee pizza over to him, and he would eat that up. 
He loved it. He loved good old Frisbee pizza. And so do these fans. I don't know if you saw the reactions of some of the people that got those things. No, I hope <laughs> they didn't eat the pizza. Oh, I hope no, not. There was this fella front row and he got one just darted at him. In his face? <laughs> it was, I, I think he almost like caught it like football style. It was it was a blazer, oh, too. He's probably had sauce and cheese all over his fingers, pepperoni on the floor. Oh, that must have been very messy. Pat, Pat McAfee was trying to dodge it, but this Battle Royal has zero super chats. Nobody cared about it. Uh, I hate I hate people waiting outside in Battle Royals. Danny Cage of the Monster Factory says that when they do shows at their gym, if you're out for 30 seconds, you're out. That's it. Move on. Hit the bricks. You're done. I like that rule. I'm tired of this same old trope. This was to get Omos over, and that's it. No, it, not not it. It was to get Omos over and make some money with Pizza Hut, and that was it. They like when Omos went face to face with Shanky, the crowd didn't make a peep. Nobody bought it, Denise. Everybody knew Shanky was about to get that ass beat real proper, and he did. He didn't stand a chance. Omos won. Omos probably should have won, Denise. This is harmless. It was stupid, cheeky fun, whatever. There's been worse. There were two things that I did like during this match. And one of them was seeing Otis eat pizza. Don't ask me why I was interested. I was. I don't know. And he the hit the one, mat. He hit the floor so dude, hard, Denise. And with pizza belly, like, I'm sorry, oh. but after I eat something, I got to go lay down. I got to unbutton the pants. I got to let my stomach breathe a little bit. Big fat shit. I got to go take a big fat shit. The whole oh works, man. I ain't about to go over the damn top rope and take a freaking bump. Like, I'd probably shit my pants if that happened. Oh, my God. Okay. True or false, somebody has shit their pants taking the coup de gras. Oh, true, right? Has to. Yeah. Somebody, there's no way that somebody has not shit their pants doing the coup de gras. And this isn't not me. I'm not minimizing anybody. I'm not insulting anybody. Buddy, I'm telling you, if I took a coup de gras, my pants, pure, I'd take a Denise-style big fat shit in my pants. Look. So anyways, I felt bad for Otis. Come on. He, he literally ate a pizza and he shoved it in his mouth, man. I'm sorry. And then the other spot that I did like was when they were playing tug of war with AJ Styles with uh, Z's and Amos. That was funny. Yeah. It was hard. Oh, that was that was a good spot. I did yeah. enjoy that. And I'm a sucker for battle royals. I love a battle royal. I do. You know, I don't. Yeah. So we're, we're on different sides of the fence there. But also. That was it. I can't remember anything else. Don't ask me any more questions. That's all I remember. Jambeard says, Omos, Shanky, Aziz, Mania main event. Oh, gosh. I think the money in building Omos is when somebody beats him. That's it. I feel like you're building Omos. That way, whoever beats him gets the rub. Like, that's what you're doing because he is very limited in what he can accomplish. He's never going to be, like, the guy, I don't think. Mm -mm. Probable Cause says, all 14 of the Pizza Hut fans are about to tweet, Sean. Now, listen when Ninja Turtles were the hot thing and they, they did like the Pizza Hut tie-in. I loved a Pizza Hut. We had a lot of them around here. I worked at a Pizza Hut once upon a time. You um, worked but, at a Pizza Hut? That's oh probably why you hate it. Everybody hates the place they used to work at. No, actually, like, it was when I drive by there, there's like the familiar smell and all that. And I'm like, oh, cool. But our local one, it's, you can, it's had the same oven since like years and years and years ago. 
and it undercooks everything. It's just not strong. It's not okay, good. Sean, you've had the same argument about like every establishment in Kentucky. Remember you told me that they don't cook the hash browns too well and you get cold hash browns. What is up, man? Do you guys not like ovens? You guys not like heating stuff up? We, we don't. We don't have great like chain joints out here. We just don't. We don't. It's this sad. sad. I'm very sorry. Yeah. RK bro versus the Usos. Good, good, solid tag team match. I loved the finish of Randy Orton catching the Uso splash with an RKO while it, while he still splashed Riddle. I like that, that Orton's like, listen, I'm going to win this match, but I really don't care if you get hurt as well. Uh, how'd you feel about this match? This match, I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did. I did like it a lot more. I think what I particularly liked about it was that it was a solid match throughout. But more in particular was when Matt Riddle got, uh, I think, he, yeah, he got the hot tag right before the finish, obviously. And he basically went in there and, like, saved Randy Orton. And he comes into the ring. And he's literally, like, hitting a bunch of strikes on both Usos. And then he, like, really picks up the speed for this match as we're going into the finish. And he just basically attacks the Usos Left and right. And I think from like that point on, like, uh, I mean, everything leading up to this was good, but that point on was kind of like my favorite portion of the actual match there. So when Matt Riddle essentially took both down, both Usos down, I really enjoyed that. But then we saw them get back up. They do the double super kick on uh, Matt Riddle. And I think they also got Randy as well. They got Randy as well. And then afterwards, eventually, Randy getting the RKO. I'm glad that he was the one that got the win, given, you know, his record that he just broke today. <clears throat> So let's talk about that. That's one of the more interesting things is that Orton broke the record or tied the record. I can't remember which one for most pay-per-view matches in WWE history. Uh, not only that, he did it in about 19 and a half years. Kane was the previous holder of that record. Um, and he sent a tweet out too. I forgot what he said, but he did send a tweet out talking, congratulating Randy Orton for that. That's cool. That's very cool. And I mean, Kane... He had more time to do it. He was he did it for like 25 or almost 24, 25 years, I think. Um, looking back at his, oh yeah, his first pay-per-view match, Kane's, would have technically been in 1995 as Isaac Yankum DDS against Bret Hart at SummerSlam. Then he did Survivor Series that year, Royal Rumble. He was the fake Diesel for, I think, three of them. So even before his run as Kane, he he got six of them. So going back to August 95, all the way up to this year's Royal Rumble. So 25, 26 years. And now 19 years, Randy Orton's already beat that, and he's got three years left on his deal. He's going to just destroy that record. I was like three when he like first like started and all of that. It's freaking crazy. <laughs> and Randy, um, Randy, I know that fans like send him stats like an awful lot like that's that's part of what he had mentioned he put that once raw hits he'll also have the record for that which is also incredible what record i think the record for most matches on raw what mm -hmm. oh wow okay i didn't know that yeah. oh, which shoot. is kind of wild i mean good for him uh he's he's had that longevity even though he's had some long periods of being out as well and not only that he did that during like a, a large brand split era, like the brand split was around for eight years and then it's come back for the last five years. So 13 years of Randy Orton uh, doing the pay-per-view record and the raw record, like he's had a lot of divided time, so to speak.
and has managed to essentially keep telling a new story in sort of each chapter of his career. You know, we've seen this like evolution of Randy Orton, which has been insane. So that's pretty cool. Women's Survivor Series elimination match. A reminder, guys, get in your Humper Chats at humperchat.com or donate a Super Chat. Please leave a thumbs up on this video as well. Check out our interviews that we've had over the past couple weeks. Switchblade Jay White, AEW's Ethan Page. I had Drew McIntyre as well. Lady Frost, which uh, caused a bit of a stir. Um, Man, that was... She's awesome. She is wonderful. And I know she had talked to you a little bit about like a WWE little bit pa- we uh, talked uh, a lot sean good i mean go check it out go check it out but um boy did WWE miss on her i'll say that much uh they they missed on her but they do have 10 very supremely talented women in this uh elimination match but evan wright says need sean to explain this sasha elimination woof well here's my explanation have you ever heard of shitty booking because that is the explanation denise Thank you very much, Sean. Thank you very much. I I, I kind of picked up on that a little bit. This was bad. I'm sorry. I didn't like this match. I'm out on this one. Like, I, I'll tell you why I didn't like it, but I'll just start telling you right now. I was not a fan of this match. I think the work that they do is good, but nothing, very little made sense except, except for the fact that Bianca Belair dominated towards the end. Because Bianca Belair she had hit that that Keith Lee position from last year. It's where you were conditioned to believe, well, she's either going to get, it's going to be a DQ or a no contest or a count out. I think she needed to win. I think she needed to win a lot. And she did. Uh, but Tony Storm looked very strong as well. I like that they accomplished that. And they gave her two eliminations, right? Two eliminations, Carmella and Zelina. But also one thing I don't like is that even though Rhea Ripley's feuding, with Carmella and Zelina, her being like, ha ha ha, bye. I'm like, damn, this is your teammate. This is, you're supposed to want to win, right? So I didn't necessarily like that. Um, th- the crowd was not in it. I love me some Sova said, did you hear the CM Punk chants during the women's five on five? God, I, I love almost everybody's work in this match in a unique, special way. Like, all 10 of these women are so talented. And there were some things like the Bianca stuff, the Tony stuff. But then it gets counteracted like with that count out. Uh, Please tell me your thoughts on this. All right, well, I got a lot of thoughts. First and foremost, I'm sorry, but there's no reason to do the CM Punk chants anymore. Okay, I'm a big fan of the guy. Yes, you already know this, I agree. This was, I know that this match was not the greatest, and I was not a fan of this match, but there was no reason to do the CM Punk chants during this match. I thought that is very disrespectful to the women. I'm sorry, I don't like that. I, I just think that it's too. it doesn't make sense anymore, and it's dumb. So I did feel bad for them in that situation because even though I was not a fan of this match and the reason why I wasn't was because I thought it was sloppy. There were some moments which were confusing uh, that Sasha Banks elimination being one of them because I, I, I it was just one of those things where I didn't expect her to be counted out during this. But with that being said, there were some moments that I particularly liked in this and the ones that I did like were essentially when Bianca and Sasha were going at it. When Bianca and Sasha got their moment in the ring, which they got a nice little couple of minutes, however long that was, that was good stuff. But the one thing that did kind of uh, unfortunately kind of hurt that because you had that moment, but it was very obvious because there was a moment where they like 
zoomed out the camera so you can see all of the girls on the outside essentially like playing peekaboo and you can see them sort of waiting for their moment to come out and you know get back into the ring so I kind of feel like that distracted a little bit away from what we were seeing with Bianca and Sasha so that's the one thing that I didn't like that was very obvious that you can tell that they were waiting for their moment to get back in but for but for Bianca and Sasha like that was good stuff between them we already know that they have good chemistry with one another so so that was perfectly fine. Um, I didn't. Um, we already knew that they were going to run the whole Shotzi and Sasha not coexisting. We saw. We already knew that going into this pay per view. We saw it prior when they did that backstage uh, thing that they did backstage. We saw it teased there, uh, where she basically pulled out the rock line and said that she didn't know. Uh, it didn't matter what it what Shotzi's name was, etc. And then I did like the way that they eliminated eliminated Rhea Ripley because she essentially took like everybody's finisher and then got eliminated. So I was like, okay, at least they eliminated her in a sort of respectable manner. So I was cool with that. Um, Shotzi and Bianca essentially being the final two was cool. Good moment for Shotzi getting her, you know, some, uh, you know, you knew she wasn't going to get a win over Bianca Belair, but it still gave her a lot of credibility to make it down uh, to the final two. So I did like that. I liked the kiss of death for the end. Cool stuff. That was fine. And Bianca Belair, I think at this point, she's just been break. We've been talking about records. Uh, she's been breaking a lot of records and making a lot of historic moments. Yeah. You know, Royal Rumble winner, uh, you know, now Soul Survivor, you know, a, a bunch of other stuff, really. Cyclops is better than Wolverine, says Bianca was Beyonce and a ring full of Kelly Rollins. Well, you know what? I know that's meant as an insult, but when Kelly Rowland had a good dance partner, Nellie, Trina, Lil Wayne, she could make a hit. So can all these women. Well, I mean, I w- I can't agree with that because Sa- Sa- Sasha Banks Sasha's is also in there and uh, freaking uh, Rhea Ripley as well. Is like, yeah, like I feel bad, but there's there's obviously levels in terms of like natural athletic ability. Bianca can run circles around all of them and we're fully aware of that. But uh, but yeah, anyways. Crazy says, I think tonight was really solid except the women's el- elimination match. No reason to make the Raw women look weak. Maybe Carmella, because uh, of that mask gimmick, but Queen Zelina, Ripley, Liv Morgan, Bianca is overpushed. I don't think Bianca is overpushed. Bianca barely won for several months. I definitely don't think she's overpushed. I think she's pushed to uh, probably underpushed compared to her talent level. But Liv Morgan, it's like she's the top contender. Like, yeah. If anybody needed protected, it was her. But what WWE does so often, and I'll keep saying it, they think that screwy finishes or DQs or countouts or cheating or distractions is a way to protect somebody. Oh, they didn't get pinned clean. No, what it is is a way to condition me to think that nothing matters. This didn't matter. I didn't get I didn't get a definitive oh, they're they're just obsession with protecting people undermines the point. James says, by the way, thanks SRS and Denise always for informing and entertaining us all. Decades of loving WWE. It's sad to see Vince in flashback to Survivor Series 98 in an iconic angle I loved now with an egg angle. Oh, oh, that's very unfortunate to compare those things. Well, I mean, it was them throughout this show saying, hey, remember when all this shit was good and The Rock was here? Man. And do you like they didn't even need to, I didn't even I don't even feel like it needed to really be Vince the one to essentially do this. I think you could have done this angle with Pierce. It doesn't matter if he's holding an egg, whatever, right? 
yeah. I don't know. Like I get like it's a bigger deal to have Vince be part of it and have Vince do it. But I don't necessarily th- think that he had to be the one to do it. Bring back somebody else. Bring back an old GM or something for all I care. Like, oh, man. Nerd Guru says in 2019, the elimination matches made so many people. Keith Lee and Rhea. Keith is gone. Rhea just got beat with a knee. No stars were made. If you remember, it wasn't all good. Walter got beaten like three minutes. Yep. CM says they did an amazing job of making every single woman in the elimination match, uh, especially Shotzi, Baszler, uh, and Natalia, look like idiots. <laughs> I thought they were complimenting. I thought they were saying they made them all. But they said, no, they made them look like idiots. Shotzi was literally looking at, at Sasha's hand as she tagged in. To your point. John Vasque says, WWE Logic, Bianca dominated the match, but one rock bottom for Becky is enough to lose the title. Sure. Okay, so, I mean, I get your point, but I mean, like, Jose Aldo was the best featherweight of all time, and one punch from Conor McGregor knocked him out. Like, that does happen here and there. I'm okay with it. Bob Backlund wrestled Bret Hart for like an hour, but one jackknife beat him. You just just never know. I did. Do I like the booking? No, I don't. But it's okay. Sometimes it just wasn't there. It was stupid. Jambeard says most of the women's elimination match was good. Even the bank's count out, although she broke the count three times. I'm not into super Bianca at the end. Do you think Bianca is going to get pushback from this? I don't see her as being booked overly, uh, like OP'd, overpowered compared to what she is. I think she's deserving of this. I think she's deserving of it, too. I think they need to keep her strong. I'm sorry, but when you have a talent like Bianca Belair, you can't do what you've been doing with pretty much your entire roster where if it's not their moment, you got to sink them down, put them underneath, and wait until it's their moment again. No, you need to really keep her strong in any sort of facet that you possibly can. Maurice asks what we think of Adele's new album. She's not for me. I haven't heard it. Dang. I'm a Lucha <laughs> says. Adele. I hope she doesn't. Well, the Dallas doesn't care about a Survivor Series. <laughs> Tune it into never, the show. Sorry, Adele. I've just never been a big fan. Uh, Crazy <laughs> says, uh, I just wish they made Liv look a little bit better. Yeah, me too. I wish they did too. Nerd Guru says, I hope we get Becky, Bianca again at Mania. I think they should probably lean that direction. I am a Lucha says, no apology needed, SRS. Much love for you too and hope you have a great holiday. What dishes are you looking forward to the most on Thanksgiving? Dynamite on Wednesday is going to hump. I'm going to see if we can make, like, my issue with turkey is a lot of times it's too dry. So I'm going to see if we can make, like, some turkey crock pot recipe that but maybe makes it better. what's your favorite dish, though, like, mm. for Thanksgiving? Like, what's the one thing that, like, it's not Thanksgiving dinner if you do not have that one specific item? Like, that's the first thing you go and you serve Stuffing. on your plate. Stuffing. Wow, Sean, you finally have something in common. Why are you mad at me for this? Because (laughs) I didn't want you to have my favorite dish. That's my favorite dish. I go for the stuffing and the bread, okay? That's my section right there. And the potato salad. I could survive off of like stuffing, uh, mashed potatoes and corn, rice. I could eat just, just that. Yeah. But it wouldn't be that good for me. Orlando says, I wish the ending for the women's elimination match was Sasha versus Bianca or have Liv versus Tony. That couldn't have made them both. I'll put it like this, Denise. At the end of the night, I don't think Big E lost the damn thing losing to Roman Reigns because sometimes really good wrestlers lose to other really good wrestlers. And if they look good in doing it, I want to see how they'll adjust the next time. WWE tries to protect too much. 
Um, so are we on to the main event then? Should I just start talking about it then? Or One more. Okay. <laughs> Jaybeard says, for the record, I'm not against Bianca looking strong as sole survivor, but I did not like the fact she went through four women, including Shayna, so quickly. She should. She's got more accolades than them. I'm sorry, but Shayna, Shayna, Shayna's great, and we love her and all of that, but I just think Bianca's at another level. I'm sorry. I didn't have a problem with that. It, it was an entire team getting eliminated in like three and a half minutes, so that was interesting, but uh night track says reg's rant on grapsity was better than this pay-per-view well that's not even a condemnation of the pay-per-view his rants are just really good like and he's got a good speaking voice too he's got a good good rapping voice too like the guy's just good so i'm not not surprised uh guys you can still get in your humper chats and super chats but denise did this this show have you feeling down a little exhausted am i supposed to say yes okay yes it did well, Denise, I don't know if you drink coffee. I do. Well, luckily yeah. for you, Fightful has partnered up with Four Sigmatic, a company known for their innovative use of functional ingredients to enhance your performance through coffee. Four Sigmatic's Perform Coffee in the morning is so good. It's infused with lion's mane for focus and cordyceps for performance. This stuff is legit. You'll be more productive, focused, and energetic. You'll feel more on top of your games. If you're like, what are cordyceps? They're cordyceps mushrooms. This stuff does not taste like mushrooms. The flavor is rich and smooth. It's, smooth. it's a perfect cup of coffee with added functional benefits. They've got over 30 thousand five-star reviews and they back their uh, product with a 100 happiness guarantee if you don't love it it's free that's right it's free just for fightful listeners save 20 percent on your first order at the four sigmatic website foursigmatic.com slash fightful and use the coupon code fightful at checkout apologies for my asthma that is four sigmatic F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com slash Fightful. You'll save 20% on anything you want. It's easier on the gut. No jittery feeling. Helps with that focus. Helps with that energy. Tastes great. And either, if you don't love it, you get your money back. What, what do you have to lose? You don't have anything to lose. Uh, by golly. Forsigmatic.com slash Fightful. Roman Reigns defeated a Big E clean as a sheet. And I'm okay with this. That's what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting anything other than this. I'm sorry. I like I mentioned this in my Survivor Series prediction show. This was definitely something that I don't think we needed to essentially. This was it was bad timing for this match because Big E, come on, he's new as champion. Roman Reigns, he's the one that the story is really focused on. You know what they should have done instead, Denise? What? It should have been Bloodline versus yeah. New Day. That's what it should have been. One of the Usos or Kofi or Xavier could have taken the pin. You could have avoided this. And you know what? The audience would have been very, very excited for it. They would have loved it. The Usos versus the Bloodline. You booked yourself into a corner, but they did good. It started off at a slow, slow pace. Ricardo says Roman wins, LOL. He's the top star. I'm okay with it. I don't mind it. Uh, Channel 100, or it's crazy, says apparently Nick Khan could be seen in the front row. Yep, he was there. I didn't see him. I <clears throat> he missed was there, it. right by the entrance to, to the left. Um, but ultimately, 
the big talking point was the rock's not here. And when Roman started to walk out of that ring, I said, Oh no. Oh no. He's not here. I said, Oh, well maybe they'll do a face off on the ramp. So I was like, that wouldn't make sense. Do you that, that- think there's anything that they could have done in this match? Had this match been hot from the very beginning, do you think there's anything they could have done differently that would have essentially maybe had the crowd not necessarily thinking that The Rock was going to come out or just the fact that this was the mere main event people were expecting it? This match? No, short of Big E winning it. Because I think if Big E was standing tall, they probably wouldn't have expected it. But you don't have you don't have Roman Reigns lose either. So that's why I think it should have been three on three, should have opened the show. And when I was told, and I got that in reverse uh, rundown today, I was like, oh, well, that makes sense because The Rock's not going to be there. I had people saying, I had people straight up tell me, no, he's not there. But of course, why would they tell me that? You know, I'm, I expect them to tell me no. I don't think there's anything they could have done within the context of this match to keep the crowd or keep people from not being disappointed you will have people that say, well, they never said he was going to be there. No shit, Sherlock. They didn't. Oh, boy. Thanks to Dana Holland for being a new member. C says, I've never paid for anything to watch WWE. It's never felt like it was worth it. With AEW, they take my wallet and dynamite. I hope the product gets better. WWE is constantly just like prodding at their audience. Like, nah, not quite, not quite. I like the... I like the match. I like the way it unfolded. I like Big E kicking out of the spear and then getting pinned. I'm okay with him losing because Roman Reigns is at a level on screen higher than Big E. I'm fine with that. I think Roman Reigns winning was definitely the right call. Uh, I did not think this match was as good as I anticipated it to be. I thought, I don't know if it was just the fact that the crowd was dead for more than half of this match. It wasn't until that spear that Biggie hit on Roman Reigns that I felt the crowd and even myself watching this match that really started to get into it and that by then it was already, you know, leading up to the finish. Um, when Roman locked in the guillotine on Big E, I didn't necessarily like this either because I kind of thought that like Biggie was kind of wasting more strength by essentially carrying the entire body of Roman Reigns. So I wasn't necessarily too keen on that spot either. And then eventually we finally see Biggie hit the big ending. We see Roman hit a very nice spear for the win. That was fun. But to be honest, I didn't think this match was all of that great. I thought that it was, um, it just, I didn't think it was that good. I'm sorry. I, I didn't really care for this one. Um, I have a lot of people, they've got like Reigns fatigue again. They're like, oh, nobody can beat Reigns. He's the top guy in the company. I'm, I'm okay with that. But quite frankly, what everybody's talking about is The Rock. He didn't show up. WWE Mark says, The Rock is my favorite ever. So mad, disappointing pay-per-view. Ashtray says, hope to God they didn't do all this hype for Rock just to get buys. And uh, just just so many. Sensei Tiswald says, the main event humped hard, but what on earth were all The Rock teases? More importantly, Denise stole the egg, best part of the whole night. Drew says, is it outlandish to think Rock beats Roman? Even if that happens, then what? If Roman wins, there's not a person left. Rock cannot beat Roman. Cannot. Cannot. You have to stop this 25 years ago was better bullshit. It has to stop. 
it would undo everything that they did with Roman Reigns. And what would be the point of him beating people like Big E and all these other people that he's beat if you're just going to have somebody like The Rock? And I mean, I know The Rock is The Rock, but at the end of the day, The Rock's wrestling career is pretty much over. And so the future, you got to move on to the future, right? And the future is Roman Reigns. Well, the present is Roman Reigns, obviously. But it's, I'm sorry, Roman Reigns was the right person to win. And I think people are feeling fatigue with Roman Reigns right now. If you're feeling fatigue with Roman Reigns, I'll be real. He just doesn't have that many hot challengers right now. Like, yeah, Big E was a hot challenge, but going into this match, we didn't necessarily have that much of a story going into it. What was, what was really at stake here? Nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing was. And for the people that said, oh, well, they didn't say he would be there. C says WWE never said The Rock would be there. AEW didn't say that CM Punk would be in Chicago. I don't Alicia- think you can compare those two. I'm sorry. You can't well, compare those two. Uh, AEW practically told you without telling you. I'm sorry. I, th- I don't think you can compare those well, ones. Also, I told you. But uh, Alicia Ellis says, if imagine if Punk hadn't shown up at the United Center, Nerd Guru says AEW never said Punk was going to be at Rampage, and they teased it a whole lot, the difference between the two companies. Um I would have agreed, or I wouldn't have agreed with that statement until tonight. Until tonight, when they put this match on last, and then they were like, hey, here's a big video package for Red Notice, starring The Rock. Hey, here's an angle where Vincent Mann's talking about The Rock. Here's a golden egg that came from The Rock. Here are like five video packages of The Rock. Until tonight, I would have completely agreed with that. They were basically going, do you like The Rock? Because if so, he might be here. It's been 25 years. But then he wasn't. Then he wasn't. I just don't think so. I'm sorry. I think there's a difference between doing it like and just this one day and the way that they did it than doing it, you know, prior in advance to this show and given the fact that you want to i'm sean you can answer this this show is sponsored by better help if you had an extra hour in your day what is the first thing that you would do read a book take a nap play some video games do something for a friend volunteer a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time but The question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. 
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. I'm sure they knew that there wasn't that much interest going into this pay-per-view. So knowing that, wouldn't you tell the people, hey, the Rock's going to be here or the Rock's possibly going to be here and maybe actually hit us with some of those Easter eggs prior to the actual show? Well, they, I'm they, sorry. Denise, they hit us with an egg, all right. <laughs> Sheldon Jackson says, if you're WWE champion facing a Universal champion at Survivor Series, just assume you're losing the match. Universal champion is 4-0. and oh. Wow. Ian says, do you think Big E punching the mat after the Superman punch was a shout-out to Sean Porter last night? I don't know, but that was very cool to see that Big E, one night before, was doing the walkouts for Sean Porter. Uh, I mean, that guy is like, pursued in boxing now which is very very cool to see ken says my issue with reigns is that he's both an unbeatable dominant monster and a wimp who needs blatant cheating and interference to win he makes no one look good he's a heel Uh, i'm sorry i have to disagree with that statement he is a heel what do you want you're not he's supposed to get under your skin he's supposed to piss you off and he does have good matches all the matches that he's had they've all been good i mean i'll put it like this Barry Bonds was the best baseball player in the world. Then he took steroids and he became even better. He cheated. Even while he was the best, the guy still cheated. Here's my frustration, Sean. People are always talking about how the fact that WWE hasn't built any stars. They haven't built any stars. And boy, can we agree with that. But Roman Reigns is somebody that's on the trajectory of that. Okay, what what show was he on? Was he on Jimmy Fallon? What show was it that he was just on? The talk show and all of this? Okay, thank you. He is somebody that's on the trajectory of that. They're trying to do with that. They're trying to do that with him. They're giving them this long title reign. He's the face of, you know, SmackDown on Fox, etc. They just need more hot challengers for him they need more stories for him but for the most part everything that they've been doing with roman reigns has been what they should be doing to build a freaking star so that way you won't always have to rely on the summer of john cena tour or hey you know what maybe i don't know i just feel like it's i almost feel like it's a double-edged sword where people want to have the new stars but you're finally getting something you're like nah valab says also yes uh, I'm going to be that impa- impact troll and say The Rock did more for impact in the last couple of years than for WWE. He did. He, he did. really did. Well, how long was that video that he did in his life like and everything? Three or four minutes. Because yeah. Ken Shamrock said, hey, Rock, I would really love for you to do a video. And, of course, impact being impact. They're like, The Rock inducts Ken Shamrock. Did they, Rock even tweet anything about Rock 25? Because I d- don't think I saw anything. But but did he? I don't recall. I went on his Twitter page today or a couple hours ago, and I saw that he hadn't posted like in a day or something. No. Of all days, don't you think he'd post today? No. Oh, uh, man. No. Um, not at all. He A couple days ago, he put, watch Survivor Series, and that was about it. And uh, he tweeted some stuff the other day, but not today. Yeah, it was, it was a few days ago. But, mm, damn. Oh, man. Matt James says, probably not audible on TV over Roman's music, but uh, after all the rock memory ads in the fan, uh, 
the the fans were booing the idea of feeling cheated. Damn. Jambeard says the Rock was advertised and teased more than the Undertaker was, and the Undertaker still showed up for his tribute last year. Damn, man. Well, we've got a few more Humper chats. C says I've never paid anything to watch WWE because it never feels like it's ever worth it. I, we we had read that one, we saw that one, but he also sent another one that said, "Sean, I see the crap you go through on Twitter." And I got a lot of love for you. Do what you do. Somebody who will not rename, who will not be named because they're fucking dork, was like, I am going to definitely expose Sean Ross Sapp for pretending he graduated from college. And I was like, what? Literally yesterday I posted. Is that why you posted that whole thread? I didn't post it. Th- no, 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 no. Oh, that was something else. That was. Yeah, like today they were like, I'm going to expose that he didn't graduate college. And I was like, I posted that I didn't graduate college yesterday on Twitter. Like I said, I went to this school and I left to come here to work here. It is weird out there, man. It is weird. James Higgins says Reigns is on the run of his life, but I think it's time for new stars to come into focus while they've got Reigns on top. Yes, they need to be building all these people to get ready for Reigns. Even if Reigns beats them, Denise, he needs to have his his list should not and should not have to include Jeff Hardy, but it does. His list is really only Drew McIntyre right now. That's my issue. They have a lot oh. with Roman Reigns. It's just they need to build people up to help build him up to his champion to help build the entire company. Oh, whatever. <clears throat> I don't know. Sheldon says universal champion, four wins. Brock twice, Roman twice, WWE champion, zero wins. AJ, Brian, Drew, and Big E. Sean says WWE's gotten a point to where we're looking for which is the woat, the worst of all time. And the Ian woat? says on top of the Rock tease, they teased Brock with Heyman's promo before the match. Double whammy. Well, we've reached the end of our super chats and humper chats. I want to thank all of you for joining Please check out our new sponsors, athleticgreens.com slash Fightful and uh, foursigmatic.com slash Fightful. Denise, tell the people where they can find you. Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. I'm trying to hit 50K by the end of this year. I don't think it's going to happen, but at least I'm trying. Um, YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. I have a lot of stuff going up up there. And just kind of keep an eye out. Got a lot of stuff in the books. Works. Check it out, guys. On Monday at noon, I'll be doing a reveal of the first talent for the Terminus event that Jonathan Gresham and Baron Black are putting on. We'll be releasing an interview. Denise, what is going on? My phone, everything's going off. I'm sorry. Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. We have a bunch of scoops going up there, per usual. Love you guys. Until next time, we're out. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.